Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Lisa Shield. Welcome to Dating Without Drama, where I give you my unique take on everything related to men, love, dating, and romantic relationships. My practical yet spiritual approach to getting emotionally naked and attracting what I call a guardian of your soul will be music to your ears. So let's get started. All right. So today, Today, we are going to talk about why it's so hard to meet the right guy. So I bet a lot of you are probably thinking the reason it's so hard to meet the right guy is because there just aren't any great guys. <laughs> like, where are all the good guys? Or they're all taken or whatever it is that you want to tell yourself. How many of you have told yourself those stories, that there's no great men, that all the good men are taken, that the dating apps suck, right? We love to blame it on something out there, like there's some external thing. Why is it that we have a, such a hard time meeting the right guy? What is it? Let's think about what some of the reasons might be for that. Like, what stops us? So I can think of a whole bunch of reasons that have nothing to do with the dating sites. Kaylee said, I thought of that before. Now there are good guys out there. So let me tell you, there's lots and lots and lots of reasons why it's hard to meet the right guy. And let's just get that out of the way. It, you know, really, really exceptional human beings who we're going to click with aren't that easy to find, right? Yeah, Brenda said we aren't energetically ready or mature enough. Exactly, Brenda. Exactly. We aren't ready. So that's one of the main reasons why it's hard to find the right guy. We have this whole list of expectations of what we want in a partner and our self-esteem isn't where it needs to be. We're not vibrating at the right frequency. We're not mature enough emotionally to keep our cool when things don't go our way or there's a conflict. So we have this ideal, many of us, of what we're striving for, but we are not emotionally or energetically ready to actually have that relationship. So most of us, I know myself, I use myself as an example a lot, and I apologize. I was just such a, a disaster before I got to where I am today that, yeah, I'm a good example. So I had these very exalted ideas of who I was and my accomplishments. And, you know, I had all these ideas in my head about the kind of woman I was and what I felt deserving of. But the hardest thing was that you know, I had to look at myself and say, Lisa, the quality of men, the kind of man that you want isn't approaching you. Somehow there's a disconnect, right? Like there's a disconnect between who I was being in the dating world and what I was attracting. Now, many, many of you are into the law of attraction, right? So you get that idea that what we're putting out is what we're attracting to us. And if we're not showing up in the way that we need to show up in order for those men to, to draw those men in, there's something we need to look at. I really want you to think about this. Let's put this from our perspective. When we're looking around and we're looking for a partner or a friend or a job or whatever, 
we have a list of things that we really want that we're looking for. We're looking, you know, maybe for a guy that we find handsome. He's outgoing, successful. He feels like he's got his life together. And if we see somebody and we look at that person and we're like, well, he just doesn't seem to have his life together. Or he's not that mature or he doesn't know how to really show up for a woman. We're not going to be interested in him. And we have these sort of standards that we're wanting and expecting somebody to meet. And men are looking at us in the same way. There are standards. There are certain qualities in a woman. There's a kind of a way that a woman carries herself. There's a way that she is around men. There's a way that men feel comfortable opening up to some women and not to others. You know, if you are not attracting the kind of attention that you want, it's because men are looking at you and they're not seeing what they're looking for. And it's not just to do with your physical appearance. We all want to think that it's all what's going on on the outside. But the women who do my course, they are some of the most fabulous women you're ever going to meet in your entire life. Like my clients are phenomenal human beings. And what happens is, you know, it's not because they're not, you know, they may not be some of them, the head turner in the room. Many of my clients are in their 40s and 50s and 60s. So they're certainly not the youngest women, right? But they learn how to shine their light from the inside out. They become a woman unlike any other woman. They become a woman who is truly attractive to men. It's the whole package. I think that that's what we all miss. I used to work in the fashion industry. And if you want to talk about some of the most beautiful and the most deeply insecure women on the planet, look at fashion models. There's a great TED talk that this one model did just about that. It's phenomenal. I wish I could think of her name. If you were to Google fashion model and TED Talk and Insecurity, you'll find it. It's really, really incredible to hear her talk about how insecure she was, you know, especially because she was beautiful and she got a lot of male attention and men would project on her, but they didn't know who she was as a person. And so her beauty actually got in the way and I've known many models like this. We put beautiful women up on a pedestal. I remember when I was growing up in uh, junior high school, she was very beautiful. Her name was Brenda. She opened up to me one day and she said, Lisa, you know, I can't be myself. She said, you know, if I'm going to be in this clique of really beautiful women, I have to fit in with them. But she started opening up to me about what was really going on in her life. She was a young girl and men were very attracted to her, but she was deeply insecure. She became severely anorexic and she wound up writing a book about it. It was amazing, but it was really jaw-dropping for me as a young girl. I was not pretty and I felt awkward and insecure. And to hear this very young girl who I thought, wow, you know, she's got it all and she's so lucky to hear her story was frightening, you know. 
So same goes for guys. We can't find the women we want. And when we do, they're already taken by jerks and ladies don't want to get out of it. And when they do, they complain how bad it was on that. Yeah, I, I get it, Joe. But here's the thing. We have to really become the person that we want to attract. And I think that was one of the hardest things for me to really look at because I realized that if all the beautiful, successful, young, fit people, if that's what love was all about, they would have the best relationships. And we all know that actors and actresses and, you know, there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of painful relationships that many of those people go through. So this hits everybody. It hits the person that's overweight and struggles with her weight that may not have a perfect face or whatever, you know, whatever those limitations are. And so it can't be all about youth and beauty and looks and all and age. It can't be about those things. There's something else that attracts us Simone, it is about energy. It ultimately, it is about the energy that you're exuding, but it's also about sitting back and really acknowledging that for many of us, you know, we have a lot of blind spots and misunderstandings when it comes to men. So, you know, I really sat back and I realized that I had this whole list of things that I wanted a man to do for me and how I wanted him to treat me and make me feel. But I really didn't know what I was going to do for a man or what he wanted from me. And I'm not just talking about sex, you know, or arm candy. If I was going to have a relationship that was deeper than those things, I had to start looking at how to create that dynamic with a man, right? So I said to myself, Lisa, if you're not connecting in the way I don't know why, but my voice is starting to go. But I couldn't connect with the men I wanted to connect with. I was breaking my own heart because I would see men and I would be like, why don't they want me? Why can't I connect with a guy like him or him or him? It was heartbreaking because honestly, I mean, I knew there was a part of me that knew what I brought to the table and that I was a high caliber woman. There was a part of me that loved myself and really did know that I was special, but I wasn't getting the attention of the, of the men I wanted. I had to step back and start to look at me. I had to ask myself, what is it that these men want that you're not giving them? And I also asked myself this one beautiful question. I stepped back and I thought, okay, if I went on a date with a really great guy and he was sitting with his best friend and he said, oh my God, I met the most wonderful woman. What would I want him to be saying to his friend about me? What would be the things that I would want his friend to hear? And I thought, well, I would want a man to say, she's the kind of woman that really gets men. Like I can truly be myself with her. She doesn't try to control me. She doesn't get jealous. She's not petty. She's calm, cool, and collected. Like, you know, she's cool. Like that she's got something that other, that a lot of other women don't have. And I feel as a man that I can fully bring my whole self to her, to the relationship, to the connection. And so 
I wanted to make myself into that kind of woman, you know, the same way, like you may wake up and go, oh my gosh, I think I want to be an interior designer. I think I want to have a baby. I think I want to move to New Mexico and buy a house. (laughs) I woke up and I was like, I want to turn myself into a really cool woman, like the kind of woman where men go, God, like, how come there aren't more of you? right? I had work to do on myself. I had to learn about men. I had to learn how to love and appreciate men. You know, I just wanted to be able to be a great woman. I don't know that many truly great women, like women who men don't just, you know, want to be your friend or get you into bed and not just lust after because you're beautiful, but the kind of woman that men really look up to, they admire and respect those women. You know, they're special. They're rare. In fact, my Aunt Ruth was one of those women. My great aunt Ruth, I loved her so much. And she was the most remarkable woman. This woman was the mother to me that I never really had. She actually had a TV show when she was young, way back when. Anybody who knows who June Allison was, that's kind of what she looked like. You know, just one of the great ladies. We'd walk into the country club and everybody would say, oh, Mrs. Stone, and how are you, Mrs. Stone? And you could feel it was from the heart. They really revered her. Everybody loved her. And I asked my uncle one day, my uncle was also a great man, my uncle said. And so I asked my uncle, what is it about Aunt Ruth? What is it? Why do men love her so much? And I was reading out on the porch and my uncle came and sat down next to me and he said, you know, I've been thinking about that question you asked me yesterday about your Aunt Ruth and why men like her so much. And he said, You know, when we were young and I would go with her to a fraternity party, your aunt would be sitting down and I'd go get us a couple of drinks and I'd come back and she'd have like five guys around her. You know, he said I had to move them all out of the way so I could get to my woman. But he said, rarely have I ever seen such a combination of beauty and kindness. And he said, your aunt is so down to earth and real. And even though she's a head turner, he said, any man feels like he could come up to her and she would make every single one of them feel equally as special. And it was a gift. It really was a gift that she would look at everybody and she treated everyone the same. And she was just a straight shooter. She was an awesome woman, but men just loved her. She was one in a million. And I thought, I I don't know, that's something to aspire to, to become an Aunt Ruth. But I wanted to become, you know, to the best of my ability, the very best woman I could possibly be. I don't know if any of you have had this experience, but when I was young, it was, you know, I was going through, it was kind of the women's lib movement. And, you know, my mom was a kind of a women's liber and it was a great time for women because there was a lot of change in the air. There was liberation. And so my mother, she instilled in me that It was a new era. You know, I didn't have to be a virgin until I was married. She just said, you know, just find a man that you really care about, you know, that you feel safe with and you care about. And she was wonderful. You know, she said, it's just a different era now. 
So it was, you know, it was the women's lib era generation. And I just figured, you know, I could do anything a man could do. And I literally said to myself, you know, Lisa, you can do anything a man can do. You can be sexually liberated. You can have a great job. You can work. You don't, you know, you don't have to get married. I really became a man in a woman's body. And it was almost in a way a conscious choice. Like I can do whatever I want. I can be like men. And I really did become very, very masculine to the point where I rejected a lot. I'm certainly a woman. <laughs> I never lost my, my own personal passion for men, but I rejected anything that I saw other women doing to attract the attention of men. So I don't know if any of you did this, but like I would look at other women and I would put myself above them because I was like, I'm not playing those games. I'm not going to feel a man's muscle and tell him, oh my gosh, what a strong arm. I wasn't going to do that stuff. I wasn't going to wear girly things and bounce around and giggle and whatever. That wasn't who I was. And I felt like that was all so superficial. And so for years, I pushed off anything <laughs> about being a woman, about being feminine. And I just like pushed all that stuff away. And, you know, if I met a guy and he was hot and I wanted to go home with them, I went home with them. I'm not bragging about that, but I did. <laughs> Simone likes to go. <laughs> You are here, Simone, for my, my comic relief. I know that's why you're here. So yeah. And then one day I thought, you don't have to be a woman like other women. You can decide, define for you what it means to be a woman to you. You can start to look at the kind of woman you want to be and design that. You know, I started to want to be a woman. I wanted to know what that felt like, what that looked like. Yeah. And I wanted to start to really explore what that was for me. And so it became this beautiful exploration. And it's funny. I have some, you know, I'm in a coaching group now. I've got with like 50 wonderful, wonderful coaches and really love and admire and respect all of them. And I was sitting with a couple of my girlfriends. We were having dinner at one of our retreats privately. And uh, it was really quite funny because I was sitting with these two women who have been like very much in the corporate world, very high up, very successful in their day. And now they're private coaches. They have their own coaching businesses like me. But I was with these two women and they looked at me and they're like, you are so feminine. <laughs> they were telling me, they're like, we are nothing like you. And I was looking at them because they really were quite, you know, professional and business-like. Oh my God, you're right. Like compared to you, I really, really am feminine. It was kind of a revelation for me, but it also was sort of an indicator of how far I've come. So Simone, what did you say? My biggest compliment my husband ever gave me was you are a woman who thinks like a man. Yeah, but can be feminine. Yep. Yep. That's absolutely true. And Simone, you and I have had so many great conversations about what it is to be a woman who can think like a man and what a gift that is to the men that we're with, right? Because we get them. 
we get them and we don't expect them to be women. We don't want them to be our girlfriends. And we respect the differences that we have. We respect the fact that men are not wired the same as us and they have not that we don't have strong libidos, but we do not have the testosterone levels of men. Um, Brenda says, trading our innate feminine energy for competition. Yeah, I did it too, Brenda. I did it too. I was competitive with men. I was a man, right? Emily, you get that a lot. You get a lot that you're a woman. I bet you get that you're a woman who thinks like a man because you're really cool. So there are certain women who are super cool. Like they're just cool. They have a kind of a cool, you know, like a Lauren Bacall, or I wish I could think of somebody um, more modern, you know, than her. But yeah, there's women that are just really cool. Oh, Helen Mirren. I mean, my God, she's just cool and she gets men, you know, and men love her, just love her, love her, love her. So, you know, the reason it's so hard to meet the right guy is that we have this very high level, these high standards. Yeah, I was thinking Catherine Hepburn too, Emily. I couldn't, you know, brain's not working as fast as it used to. <laughs> so we're not at the level we need to be. But the beauty of all of this is if you want a great relationship and you really do want to have an extraordinary rapport with a man, this is something you can all learn to do. You can all learn this. It's not something, Audrey Hepburn, yeah. Yeah, she was actually very cool and very feminine, totally. But this is all stuff we can learn to do. So here's the thing, like if I wanted to learn to speak Russian right now, that feels pretty far away for me. Is it doable? Is it something I could actually learn how to do? Absolutely. I could learn how to speak Russian. I could learn how to play the drums. I may not be fabulous at it, but I could learn. I could, you know, probably get pretty good. I could do anything I put my mind to. There's something weird in the realm of love and relationships and all that we just think, you know, we, we've been fed all these fairy tales that we're just going to go out in the world and meet the perfect guy and everything's going to fall into place. And lo and behold, we'll live happily ever after. And I like to add a little bit of glitter falling from the sky because I love glitter. <laughs> Does it work that way sometimes? Maybe. You know, maybe there are some people that out there who just really win the love lottery, but you know, there are geniuses too, but I'm not a genius. <laughs> so I have to work to get to where I want to go in life. Yeah, you can learn this stuff. It takes discipline. You got to be willing to invest in your personal growth, be willing to devote the time and energy and patience to make this happen in your life. But can you do it? Absolutely. Why the hell not? You know, it took me a little while. I had to go out and face rejection and be willing to, you know, get my little heart broken here and there. But did it work? Could I do it? Sure. Y'all can. Anybody can. Yeah, you can all have this. Most of you, what happens is you quit before the miracle happens. So, you know, think about this. Anything that we want in life is a challenge. It's hard, right? It's not always easy to go out and achieve great things in life. 
But that's the freaking fun of it. If it just happened, we would take we take those things for granted. It's the stuff that we really have to work for and risk for and, you know, put ourselves out there to have. That's the stuff that we really value. The things that we really fought for because we appreciate them. We know how hard we work to get them. Think about it. And so, you know, what happens when it comes to love is that we give up too soon. Yeah, sometimes we have work to do. You know, I was bullied and teased as a kid. My mom was a rageaholic. My dad was an alcoholic. I didn't have an easy road and people didn't like me. I was, you know, a victim. I was really pretty intense and unhappy and heavy person. And I had to learn to work through all of that to lighten up, to let go, to like myself, to love myself. It's been a journey, right? And then I had to go out after I did all of that, which is if that's not enough, right? And then you got to go out and freaking date and find the guy and face rejection and learn how to talk to guys, learn how to put it all into practice. It's not enough that I might think I'm fabulous, but then I have to go out and be willing to open up and be vulnerable and show a man how fabulous I am, right? You got to just like be able to do that. So there was a lot of work to get here, but thank God I woke up before my 40th birthday and had a little heart to heart with myself. And I said, Lisa, you're going to be 40 and single in Los Angeles, where every single woman looks like she walked off the pages of Shape magazine, and you don't. You, you, you know, you're getting up in years. I was only 40, but, you know, it was coming on fast. And I said, I don't want to be single in the city and let this go on any longer. And so I put myself online and I went on almost 96 first dates in uh, two years. They were all first dates. None of them were my guy or I wasn't their girl or whatever the hell happened. Didn't line up. And I was able to stay out there. So I didn't give up before the miracle happened. And I faced myself and I curled up in a little ball in the corner of my warehouse on the cement floor. And I cried my eyes out because I didn't know if he was ever going to come. I spent hours and hours online and talking just like all of you to men. And I had to keep loving myself and staying committed to my dream. I met all the guys online, Cindy. Carrie, if you can't do the dating sites anymore, you need to talk to me. You need to talk to me. You've got to go watch my presentation. It's not the dating sites. When women come into my course, and I really want you all to hear this, when women come into my course, most of them are stuck. They're struggling. They're having a hell of a time out there. And they come and we work together. They do one month of no dating. We hit the reset button. We work on their mind. We open up their heart. I do the deepest, most beautiful transformational work with my clients in that first month. And then in the fifth week, they get their new photos based on what I ask them to do. And then they write their profile and my husband rewrites it for them. Then they get back out in the dating world and start dating with a new mindset, a whole new energy, a whole new vibe, a whole new profile, new pictures. And for, you know, 98% of the women who go through my course, 
it is a night and day difference, a night and day difference. Now, I have no control over when that guardian of your soul is going to make his appearance because that has a lot to do with you and how open or not open you are. And Simone, look at your girlfriend that we worked with. I saw her on a call, the one that you recommended to me, our mutual friend. And she came on a call with me, a group, you know, our graduate call last month. And I have to tell you, the night and day change in her was phenomenal. She has softened up. There's not that high-pitched tone in her voice. She was so confident. She was happy. It was a night and freaking day difference. And I had a heart-to-heart -heart with her. I told her exactly what I thought was going on, Simone. And that woman did a 180. And she took everything I said to her to heart. And it was miraculous. So I don't have the ability to control when these men come into your life. That I can't control. It really has to do with how open your heart is. So think about this, okay? Love is the most magnetic force in the universe. It is a magnet. An open-hearted woman is a magnet for love. She's irresistible. Men cannot resist her. So if you are not pulling love in, if you're not magnetizing it to you, it's because your heart isn't fully open yet. And I know many of you think, well, when the right man comes along, I'll open my heart. And I'm going to tell you, it actually works the other way around. A man can't get into your heart unless it's open, unless you let him in. So there's some comments here. Brenda said, think about what we are asking the universe for. We have to update our beliefs, our strategies, purge what we are dragging behind us. We need new strategies. Lisa, you did that for me. Oh, Brenda, I love you so much. Benjamin and I talk about how great we think you are. <laughs> We do this with a lot of the women, but you, you know, you surprised us. You just were such a beautiful, beautiful surprise, Brenda. Your journey, for some reason, was one of the ones that just, uh, I would go, I, I don't want you to, but I would go back and do it all over again, because it was so beautiful to watch your transformation. All of you, Annette, my God, your transformation was outstanding. And Dina, oh. Uh, you have been the most beautiful joy in the world, in the world. I love your energy. And Lisa, you are such a sweetie. And I know your guy's out there, honey. I know he's coming because you are too special. There's no way he's not. No, you don't want to go backwards. We're not going to let you. We're not going to let that happen to you. I'm just saying that it was a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. Emily says, you've made such a difference in my outlook and attitude since we began interacting years ago. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm far softer and have a lot of work to, and still have a lot of work to do. The hardest part is stopping my own mouth sometimes. I don't know, Emily, you are so funny. I don't know if it's your humor or other, other things that you say <laughs> that you need to watch out for. Um, Lisa said, I had a wonderful first date with a man last night who had fabulous energy. Oh, yay. All right, Lisa. He said, that's terrific. Amazing. How long do you date a guy online before you meet him face to face? Cindy, um, 
You know, I try to move it along. I would move it along as quickly as possible. First of all, there's a ton of guys online who are either in relationships or married and they're not happy or they need attention or whatever it is that gets them to do this, but they go online and they're not free. So you have to get them off the texting quickly, quickly. You know, don't sit and text more than a little bit, more than a day or two, and then say, are you as, you know, charming on Zoom or FaceTime as you are over text? And then you can say something like, you know, because I bet if you asked for my number, I'd give it to you. So you want to move it along. A guy that's serious does not want to sit online texting forever. Lisa says, if I have a good phone conversation with a man, I usually end it by saying, I would love to continue with this in person or on the phone. Mm -hmm. So you can be that direct if you want to. It's a, you know, you put it out there and you see what they do, but you don't want to sit on text for a long time because a lot of those guys are just scammers or they're bored and they're looking for some attention. Don't waste time on anybody. And I mean this, you have to be intentional about what you're doing. Intentionality is so important. It's not enough to just go on date after date after date, just going, is this the one? Is this the one? Is this my husband? Is that my husband? You've got to start to work on you. So I was working with Don Miguel Ruiz. He's amazing. He wrote a book called The Four Agreements. Anybody, you know, if anybody knows that book, he gave me the four agreements, right? He gave us the four agreements. So when I was dating, I would apply one of the agreements every month. I would just pick an agreement. So I'm going to practice not taking anything personal. I wanted to make dating a spiritual path, a personal growth path. Anything we do in life, it's not just about getting to the goal. It's about everything we learn in the process of getting to the goal. So if you're dating and you're being intentional about how you're dating and what you're doing out there, you can really facilitate your own personal growth in this area. So I would apply each month. I would pick one of those damned agreements and I would practice the heck out of it. So while I was going online, and I was getting rejected or I wouldn't hear from guys or, you know, whatever, I would practice not taking it personally. I would practice not making assumptions. A guy would say something and I'd go, huh? And then I'd go, excuse me, I'm just curious. I'd love to know more about what you just said. And then I would get curious about it rather than making assumptions. Um, I practiced being impeccable in my word right? I practiced always doing my best, going on a date and learning how to say, Lisa, you did the best you could. It's okay. You know, it wasn't a great date, but you were, were also not feeling up to it or whatever. But I practiced one agreement a month and then I'd go back and practice them again, right? <laughs> Just because I did one a month didn't mean I was an expert, but I really learned how to do those things, you know, to date and not get bent out of shape and not get upset if things didn't work out. You know, if I made a mistake or I slipped up, I learned how to be an adult, show up. I learned how to have grace with myself, but, you know, give myself grace give men grace. So yeah, I was intentional about using the dating path as a personal growth path. 
just like in END, Emotionally Naked Dating, that's my course, you know, I challenge you constantly to say the hard things and a relationship without just walking away. We look at how to ask for what we want in a relationship. We do some really beautiful, deep work on ourselves in that course and use the dating experience as a way of doing that so that my women can grow through that process. So Cindy says, uh, no, we've been talking on the phone for two weeks, but face to face, he's out of state, just wondering. If he's out of state, Cindy, and it's COVID, it's a little different, honey. But I wouldn't wait too long. I mean, I don't know how far away he is and if he's able to drive to you or if it's a plane flight. But if you're going to have a long distance relationship and you really like each other, you got to see each other because you don't know if you're going to hit it off even until you see each other in person. How do you say, I'd love to see you and then let them make the plans and show up? Mm. You can say, I love a man with a plan or what really turns me on is when a man asks for my phone number and invites me to a Zoom date or, or a FaceTime. So you put it out there like that. You suggest, you make a suggestion. Um, that's a big thing for me, taking dates in stride and not being scared or nervous to go on another one. I've had a few unsuccessful first dates. Yeah, Shanice, it's just learning not to make it personal and you have to change the tape in your head. Right now, you have a voice in your head that beats you up and says, see, it's another failed date. It didn't work. You're never going to meet somebody. You're too much. You're not enough. And you got to change that inner dialogue. You have to learn how to say you know what? It's his loss. You're amazing. He's not your guy. You know, God is taking the ones out of your path so that the right one can, get, you know, taking these guys out of your path so the right one can get in. Make sense? So, Agua, are you making the first move? Did you make the first move those eight or nine times? I don't know. Agua says, I mean, when he's always on the phone, how do I let him make the show up happen? Like you told the woman, if he can't drive to you, how do you avoid pressure and just let him keep saying I'm coming and then be here? Well, you love, you got to say what really turns me on is a man, you know, who says he's going to come see me and then makes a plan, you know, and then follows through with it. I love that. That's a huge turn on. So you want to state it in the positive and you want to ask for what you want, not what you don't want. So that's how you do it. You don't put pressure. You just say, I love it when a guy says he's going to show up and he does it. Anna says, I have my man. I gave my man a hint, a hint that implied that we meet in person. He picked up on it and he's now my boyfriend. Yep. But you got a hint in a, in a kind of obvious way. <laughs> Sometimes we're very vague, we women. We think we're being obvious, but we're not. Karen says, what's your view on when to allow a man to pick you up at your home for a date? So Karen, I would say that I wouldn't do that until probably about the fifth date, you know, when you really have a good solid feeling about this person and feel safe. I don't feel safe having them pick me up if I'm, yeah, if you've never met them, never meet them at, at a restaurant or, you know, at a park or wherever you're going to meet, but do not meet a guy, but let him come to your house too early. All right. Okay, everybody. I think that's it. I think that's it. So make dating a spiritual path. Become the woman that you need to be to attract the kind of man that you want. Use your dating to practice. Use this experience. 
take advantage. You're sitting across from a real man. Start getting in his brain. Get curious about him. Ask him for what you want. You know, start using your tools. Open up. Get emotionally naked. See if you can get him to open up and get emotionally naked. The two of you are sitting there. You might as well use the date and open up. Practice being kinder, more compassionate, a better listener. We can all improve these skills. Being more patient, not listening to that negative voice in your head and seeing if you can maybe give him a chance. Maybe you're practicing being more playful, lighter, more humorous, you know, not being heavy, not sitting there in your head thinking, does he have the qualities on my list? Does he want a relationship or is he a player? Change the dialogue in your head. There's all kinds of ways to open up, but that's the way to meet the right guy. When your heart is open, you will draw the right man to you, just like I did. All right. Good night, everybody. Love you all. Bye-bye.